Join Ian Garvey as we uncover the hidden marketing stories that shape our world. Reveal the latest marketing tactics that will shape your future and the amazing people that grow organizations, movements, and businesses. Learn to grow your business and shape the world around you. Welcome to the Garlic Marketing Show with Ian Garlic. And yes, it's Ian, not Ian. That's marketing too. All right, welcome back to the Garlic Marketing Show, another home edition from my beautiful home office. Uh, I've got a good friend of mine, another amazing agency owner, talking about a really cool subject. I think that everyone, especially if you're in like the bricks and mortar space, especially now with everything that's transformed, geofencing. Justin Croxton from Propellant Media, thanks for being on. How's it going, Ian? What's going on, brother? Not much. <laughs> um, I'm excited to talk to you about this. I think it's super, super cool. Uh, yeah. Before we get started, don't forget this is brought to you by storycruise.com. One of the best ways to get your story out there is through case stories. Develop an arsenal of case stories through your tackle box. Go to case story or storycruise.com slash tackle box to learn more. Justin, all right. So tell me a little bit about, you know, I want to learn how to do geofencing in a second, but tell me about how you got into agency space. Oh, man. Um, I will try my best not to be long winded, my friend. <laughs> Because it is quite the story. So, so first of all, I graduated from college 2005. I worked in commercial real estate for six years. While I was working in commercial real estate, I actually had an opportunity to start leveraging digital marketing for some of the properties that I was representing. So I was, I was sort of leasing high-rise, mid-rise office buildings for a period of time. And so, you know, I kind of got that itch to go back to business school. I just had to scratch it. So got accepted to a number of schools, ended up going to a Stern, a NYU Stern School of Business up in New York full-time. Um, and then what was funny, a lot of my classmates were focused a little bit more on how to, how to get internships at, you know, some of these investment banking positions and, you know, brand manager type positions and consulting gigs. And I was like, ah, it's not for me. I was really enjoying some of the digital marketing that I was doing when I worked in commercial real estate. So I created my own internship, basically. I started my own consulting practice. It was called Q Commerce back in the day. It doesn't really operate as a digital marketing firm right now, but that's really how I really got into the space. Picked up a couple of clients while I was in New York, bail bondsman, a, a small a small business, um, you know, bankruptcy law practice. And I was like, man, you know, I can control my destiny. I can literally work with clients all around the world. This is a no brainer. So at that stage, you know, I just said, I'm going to stick with it. And, you know, there's been certainly some, some, some bumps in the road and, you know, decided that it was time for my wife and I to move from New York back to Atlanta, started a larger agency with a group of guys. Um, and then the rest is history. And so now I, I'm, you know, I run a uh, Repellent media. Nice. Currently. Sim similar track. I was in commercial real estate. We were in yeah. New York, got into <laughs> yeah. Yeah. the world, moved back to Orlando because it's yeah. like, <laughs> it's a lot less expensive. And, <laughs> and, yeah. and New York is great, but it's, it's a tough place to live for a long time. It's, it's a tough place to live. And when you have, how do I say this? When you have, how do I say this? When you're a startup and you don't have that kind of bread, like it's tough, man. You want to be able to enjoy yourself, enjoy a cocktail. Shoot, I got to pay eighteen dollars for a cocktail in New York, whereas here in Atlanta, it's only what nine bucks, half that price. Come on, man, that's yeah. unreasonable. So that's kind of kind of where 
where I'm at, you know, and sort of why we, my wife and I decided to move back to Atlanta, Georgia. And I went to college here in Atlanta, so it was an easy transition for us. And so what, tell me about the journey, because now what does propellant do? Like you do geofencing, explain to me what, what propellant does. Sure. So it, it, it's kind of fascinating for propellant media. In the first two, two years, two and a half years, it was, it was not easy. I mean, we were talking about this before, how when you're an agency owner or a B2B business or any business for that matter, you try to get to a place where you're not just solely relying on referrals. Mm -hmm. And I kind of had that feeling already from working in commercial real estate. I was like, I, I, I don't want to be in that wait for a deal to drop in my lap type of space. And for the first two, two and a half years, that's how it was for propellant media. And what was nice about us is like, you know, there's so many agencies that are out there and we saw there was an opportunity to focus specifically on geofencing marketing this whole world of programmatic display advertising, for those who don't know, programmatic display is a space where you can, you have sort of the automated buying of ads in real time, essentially, for, for lack of a better term. And geofencing falls underneath that bucket. So we're basically able to pinpoint your location and then serve ads to you based on your specific location effectively. And at the time, you know, back in, I mean, I'd say back in 2016, 17, there wasn't really a lot of people that were doing it, um, let alone people that were do effective in, you know, doing marketing for themselves in order to garner geofencing clients and whatnot. And so it really wasn't until 2017 where the company really started to take off. We, um, we really just doubled down on geofencing and programmatic display and OTT advertising. Um, we made a revamp of our website. Um, we started to offer a white label program to other agencies who want to be able to, so, you know, leverage our solutions to their clients because, you know, a lot of times you have to be spending at least twenty, thirty, fifty thousand dollars just to get into the space. And so that was part of our value prop. So we were able to offer those rates at a thousand dollars a month per advertiser, fifteen hundred dollars per, you know, per month per advertiser, and that's really what allowed us to to take off was sort of that model along with sort of our prowess in educating the, the marketplace on what's possible and just having a, a really full-blown operations that knows how to execute at a high level. And so that's really kind of how we got, really took off. And that's really kind of, you know, you know, how we, you know, became, you know, I won't say leaders, but certainly uh, experts in the space of geofencing marketing. I love it. And it, I, what I think is so cool about geofencing is it, it, you know, obviously it's cool to get someone at a location, but it, we talk about all the time, like, you know, people, good marketers talk to avatars, you know, or really good marketers talk to the avatars, the best marketers talk to the moment in the situation. And that's what geofencing does. It's like that moment, that situation, you know what someone's going through, right? Yeah, it is. And, you know, a great example is like, as marketers, all we're trying to do is relegate and sort of condense our ad spend to the audience that we believe is going to translate into whether it be uh, you know the proper brand awareness or the proper engagement or a lead or or anything of that nature effectively and you know with geofencing you know, a great example is car dealerships you can target people you can target you can target actual uh, shoppers and buyers and people who are in market looking to buy a car just by geofencing your competitor dealerships that are nearby. You know, you can't beat that level of targeting. <laughs> um, you know, yeah, so, that seems yeah. like it's illegal, right? <laughs> yeah, right. It's like, what? Are you serious? This is crazy. <laughs> yeah. And so, you know, it's, it's, just a, it's just a whole nother. I mean, I'm not saying it replaces any other digital marketing that an organization might be doing. It's part of your media mix. 
And that's sort of what we, what we espouse and what we tell a lot of brands that are out there, but it's, it's just a great, it's just really a great opportunity um, to, you know, you know, leverage a tool that, that a lot of people don't typically utilize currently. And, and who is this great for? You said car dealerships that, you know, that makes a lot of sense. Tell me about who this really, really works well for. Oh man. So if you think about, I want everyone that that's sort of listening to this to just think about the customer journey that your customer may be going through, right? And where they may be in the marketing funnel. So the reason why I brought up car dealerships is because eight times out of 10, when a person is going to a car dealership, they are more likely to be in market looking to buy a car. Mm-hmm. Now, whether they've made the decision already to buy a car at that dealership or not is a totally different story. But eight times out of 10, they are in market. And so if you are trying to, as a car dealership, if you're trying to geofence other competitor dealers that are nearby, that's a great way to ensure that you're getting in front of those people who could be in market. Now, there are a lot of other industries that if you think about, if you continue to sort of think about that customer journey, there's a lot of other great industries like food is another great one. Food, and this is sort of uh, sort of looking at a, a different angle. With food, this is more of a brand awareness play but the decision-making process for that person to want to try your cuisine or go to your restaurant is a lot easier. You know, I'm not, I'm not paying $30,000 here. I'm, you know, paying what, you know, 25, 30 bucks. I didn't know that this restaurant existed. You know, let me go ahead and check this place out um, because, you know, I decided to geofence this other seafood restaurant that was, that's very similar to, you know, my restaurant. And so I want to get the people from over there over to my restaurant, that kind of thing. And so there, I don't mean to be long-winded, but I just want everyone to think about where is the customer in that journey and are they the proper audience to get your message in front of? Not just purely, I'm just going to, you know, message the masses, but how do I ensure that I'm really getting in front of that right person? And so some of the top industries that we operate in are those car dealerships, car repair, even car washes for that matter, killing in the car wash space for sure. Um, higher education is huge. Retail uh, developers. Developers is another great one because you know that if someone goes to a new development eight times out of 10, unless the community is completely you know, sold out, a lot of those people are actually in market looking to buy a home. So we've had a ton, ton of success in that space. And, uh, and also healthcare and, and hospital systems is another big one too. So we, we do a lot, of, a lot of work in a lot of different spaces. And there's certain spaces that we tell clients they should not do, you know, you know, ones like e-commerce. Yeah. You know, and that's just, you know, if you think about the sort of the display, you know, display world and e-commerce, it just doesn't really fit fit as well um, because you're really looking for sales and leads. But, you know, there's a couple other places where we may not recommend it, but ultimately, you know, there's more benefit than, than not uh, when it comes to geofencing advertising. But you keep talking about the fundamental customer journey, knowing your customer's journey and knowing it inside and out. And I think that's and it's one of these fundamental things I, I talk to people about, and it's amazing how f- few people really know it, right? They might know a demographic, but they very few know, and someone know their avatar, but how many people, how many businesses walk to you and know their customer journey really well? <laughs> not, not, not many, not, not many. I mean, well, let me say this. I'd say it's half and half. They think they know their customer journey. And I'll give you the perfect example you know, we'll have a, a B2B brand that will come to us and they say, I want to geofence these conferences. And, you know, I, I think my clients at this particular bank. And so I want to target all these banking customers and, 
you know, we'll say, well, you know, think about it this way out of all the people that are going to that bank. And this is another thing that's worthy to consider of all the people that are going to this location. How many of them are really, truly more likely to have an interest in your product or your service? And they'll say, oh, that's a good point. And then also, how long does it take for that person to become a customer? And a lot of times, a lot of these, a lot, a lot of B2B brands, they think that they should be getting conversions within the first, you know, few days or the first couple of weeks. And, you know, for B2B space, I mean, it's, it's, you got to take more of an omni-channel, you know, marketing approach rather than just this geofencing is going to save my business. No, it's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's not, <laughs> yeah. it's going to be like LinkedIn. It's going to be, you know, Google ads, it's going to be Facebook, but quite frankly, it's really going to be your landing page and your copy. Um, and your video content and all that, you know, before the, just the channels that you, de- that you decide to focus on. And so a lot, of, a lot of people that come to us, they think they know their journey, but then they usually have an issue somewhere else, like mm, the website isn't working, or I don't have a chat bot or video testimonials or stuff like that, that's really going to convert at a higher clip. Um, so it's tough, but you know, you know, there's cases where all the, all the pieces of the pie fits and then it's just like, it's just flowing. <laughs> so, and, and like, yeah, you said, I mean, it's getting that fundamentals down, like getting that conversion mechanisms down is so important. You know, like every one of our clients that comes through and everyone talks to them, like, you got to start there. You always have to start there. But once you get it down, then you can start piling the other stuff on. But you said, once it happens, it clicks. Tell me about some of the, I love hearing the success stories. Where, sure. When it works, tell me about how well it works. And there's a particular home developer. They're based in the Southeast, but they build homes all throughout the Southeast effectively. They were working with a prior provider. They weren't happy. They were getting some, some leads and a few things here, there, and some walk-ins, but they weren't happy with the, they felt like the performance was still lacking. Um, they weren't happy with the reporting at all. And so they came to us, they said, hey, you know, we like your content. We like what you guys are doing. We want to give you a shot. Here's a $7,500 budget, you know, for the next six months. We said, all right, cool. We started to develop, uh, not develop, we started to geofence about 40 other developments that were happening within the area. And on top of that, we were providing the client with a dashboard so they can have 24-7 access to see exactly what's happening in real time. But I think the biggest thing that they appreciated was we can also measure walking conversions to our client's physical location. So if our client has a development here and we're geofencing all of these other locations around their development, we can tell a client how many people saw or clicked on their ads and they came back to their development. Wow. Effectively. And that's all part of the 24-7 reporting that we gave, gave the clients access to. And so once they gain access to that data, on top of all the other digital advertising they're doing, they're doing AdWords, they're doing Facebook, you know, they're doing other display. On top of this, it really helped round out their overall marketing plan. And then we can look and see, okay, well, this development is tra- isn't translating into as many walk-ins. Let's shut this one down so that we can relegate the ad budget to the locations that are translating into more walk-ins effectively. That's been a huge success. They just re-upped for another uh, six months, and then they added over-the-top TV, connected TV advertising to the campaign as well. And so that's one example where we've had quite a bit of success. And, you know, there's other industries that we've had some great success, but that's one that just like really recently came to mind. We also were killing it for one car dealer, I'm not car, not just car dealerships, but that's sort of part for the course, but a car wash, interestingly enough, um, because a lot of times, again, I, I sort of look at car washes similar to the food space. 
the decision to buy is really not that difficult. You, you know, you're talking about a 25, maybe a $30 membership, whatever it might be. And you just want to tell people that you exist. And so we decided geofence like other car dealerships. We made geofence like, the, you know, certain pockets of the area just to like drive more folks to the car wash effectively. It's like, man, I do need to get a car wash. Car car's a little dirty. Okay, I, I know about these spots. But now that I saw the ad, let me go check these guys out. And we build a virtual fence around the car wash. And then they're like, holy cow, these are all these people that have seen my ads and then came back. Like we're showing true attribution you know, from the ad spend. And so those are two that just recently came to mind uh, just, just now. How did, I want to ask you about the elements of a great geofencing campaign. You kind of briefly talked about it, but before we get into that, how did that change throughout COVID? I mean, because <laughs> yeah. obviously patterns changed, right? And, you, and if you're seeing how people are moving, it's like, whoa, I can imagine there were some seismic yeah. shifts. Oh, definitely. Well, there was more and more people that were staying at home. Um, there were more people that were nervous to you know, get out of the house, go to restaurants, go to the malls, go to gyms. It was tough you know, for a period of time. I mean, even Propel Media, we certainly took a little bit of a hit, um, particularly our event business, because we have a lot of B2B brands that want to do conferences or geofence conferences to raise awareness for their business or their product or whatever they're there trying to promote. And so that business basically got shut down for the most part. Um, but we, but we were able to pivot pretty quickly. We have another product that utilizes the same technology of geofencing. It's called household addressable geofencing, where we're able to essentially, instead of geofencing individual commercial buildings, we can geofence individual homes, utilizing the tax and plant line coordinates of those homes effectively. And so we can curate an audience or a client can give us those addresses and we can geofence those locations that way. Well, so powerful about that is this was around the same time or certainly a little before this, but it was around the same time where we were able to start leveraging over-the-top TV connected TV advertising. So for those who don't know, OTT stands for over-the-top TV, where you're essentially able to serve as to people who are on streaming devices, streaming apps like Hulu, Roku, Amazon Fire Sticks of the world with 15 second, 30 second spots. So now we're able to go to many of our clients and say, hey, if you can't do the geofencing for this period of time, or if you need to, you know, relegate your ad budget, we can shift some of those dollars over to addressable and household geofencing for our audience targeting. And then combine that with over the top TV connected TV advertising, because everybody's at home now, everybody's watching TV, everybody's, yeah. everybody's streaming at this point. And so that shift allowed us to sort of maintain some level of our revenues that, that you know, but also more importantly, have make an impact to clients that want to still maintain a presence. So it was tough, um, but, you know, I think some of the tools that we had allowed us to pivot pretty quickly. And, you know, we, we, we still had a pretty good year last year. So we were, we were okay. Nice. Yeah. I mean, and th that's what's the, the OTT is amazing to me with that and the geofencing combined, because it's like, it's kind of like direct mail TV, isn't it? Exactly. <laughs> it's just like, it's just like you have sort of this, um, how do I say this postcard or this video that's showing up on your phone? Um, just like you said with direct mail, except you have the postcard on your phone, essentially. Um, it's, been a, it's been a great tool for us. Again, we just try to have these honest moments with clients 
and tell them you don't have to put, you know, you, you don't have to think of geofencing as the penicillin that's going to solve all your marketing problems, but rather how does this fit within my marketing mix? And how can this, you know, you know, push people down the funnel even, let alone target people who are in market? Because it's not just all about leads. It's not all about just phone calls. It's about your branding. It's about, you know, targeting those people that are have high intent. It's targeting people who are in markets, all of that. And based on the industry, you know, geofencing can help accomplish that. So what are the elements of a great geofencing campaign? So there's three things that we try to say. Um, the first is, well, it's, it's the who you're targeting. It's the what are you saying to them when you show up? And then it's where you're sending them to, your landing page. And there's always going to be sort of a cap. In every industry, there's a max of just how good or how effective you can truly be, essentially, right? But if, if, you, if you get the audience right, at least, and you get the how do I say it? And you get sort of the copy, like, you know, you have sort of the right promotions or you have the right call to action language, you know, don't just tell people you exist, you know, you know, put something out there that's really enticing to get them to come to your store or to get them to think about your brand, whether it's a video or a banner ad. And then where you're sending them to your landing page, you know, we'll have some clients, they just want to, you know, they just want us to send that traffic to a landing page, but the landing page doesn't have any form submission, it doesn't have any video content. It's nothing that really kind of jars the individual into thinking that, wow, this is an organization that I truly want to do business with. And so those, in my opinion, that in my opinion are sort of the three, you know, areas or, or recipes, if you will, that really makes for a, a solid geofencing campaign. And then, you know, you certainly want to pick locations that are, that are going to be relevant to those individuals who are most likely to want your want to work with your brand or your service. And I'll give you another great example. We'll have product companies come to us all the time and they'll say, Hey, Justin, you know, our, our, this product that we have, it's going to be in, um, going to be in Walmart. And so we want you to geofence these five Walmarts. And I'm like, no, 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 that's not a good idea. And I think that there's, it depends on the strategy or the marketing objective. Right. And so if your job in this instance is to convince Walmart to buy more of your product and like your, your, the skin on your back is like, like, I got to get this done. Maybe that's a different objective, but if it's really to just like, you know what, I only got five grand and I'm going to be in these four Walmarts and I need to geofence these four Walmarts. Mm, I don't know so much because you have to remember that if I geofence a Walmart, it's the equivalent of geofencing the world. Yeah. You're targeting everybody. So, so you're not really targeting the right person who could really want your product. You're instead targeting a lot of folks. Instead, I would tell somebody, you know, don't target, don't geofence Walmart, put that money towards Facebook, send that traffic to a Walmart landing page where your product is. So someone can either buy online or go to the store or something more along those lines. I would do that. You know, because now at least you know you're targeting the right audience. Whereas if you just geofence Walmart, you're you're geofencing everybody. And there are certain like demographic profiles that we can layer on top of it, but I, I personally have not felt as confident in using third-party data segments to layer on top of geofencing. But there are certain cases where it can be effective. But even still, you gotta remember you're still reaching a lot of people that may not be that target audience still. 
And so, you know, that, that sort of, you can see kind of, we're getting into more of an overarching, you know, marketing conversation here, but that's really the approach that I would take with a brand, you know, and that's sort of the other side of the coin where it could not be as effective. Yeah. And no, I mean, it's, it's not all marketing. You've got to understand your customer. You've got to understand their journey, but if you start there, then you can answer those questions. You don't start with the platform. And that's yeah. what people do all the time. They're like, yeah. I'm going to do Facebook ads. Well, now who am I targeting? Now what do I yeah. want to say to them? <laughs> yeah, right, 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 exactly. And, you know, it's funny you say that. It's, I just can't tell you, like, we've worked with, like, you know, eight-figure budgets, right, with different brands. And, you know, a lot of times, you know, we'll talk to certain brands at the very beginning of an engagement, and we'll look at that landing page, and we're like, golly, you need to be, you know, tracking your phone calls. You know, you got to have a number here. You know, you got to have your form at the top. You got to have a pop-up. You got to have a chat feature here. And it'll take a whole year to, for someone to make that sort of an implementation. And yet that's probably the most ROI positive investment that that, that, that person can make out of everything. Like cut your budget in half and just do that. <laughs> and I'll still make you more money than double the budget with what you currently have. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, I'm, I'm not tooting my horn. I'm not tooting the horn of other marketers. I just feel like if more brands focused a lot more on their, on their sites and those conversion metrics, like, you know, having video testimonials, just basic blocking and tackling, you know, type, and I know certain things are a little more difficult, but, you know, certainly like you got to make it easier for people to convert. Um, and I can't tell you how many times we run across folks that don't make it easier for people to convert. It's, it's amazing. It's like, yeah, they just want to dump all this money into it. (laughs) (laughs) It's it's just amazing. It's like, you know, I, you know, I, I, you know, and I, I really try not to, you know, say that tongue in cheek because I know that a lot of people don't know about a lot of these things, but you know, if I make the recommendation and our agency is doing it ourselves and we got proof, putting for both yeah. ourselves and clients then is like come on man. you got you got to do it you got to do it you got to do it. it you know it's it's funny I, it's the story i always bring up and I, I learned about it from malcolm gladwell but the will chamberlain 100 point story i don't know how much of a basketball you fan are you are i am yeah will, will chamberlain had a 100 point game the year, season before in the nba he had 40 point game the season after he had a 40 point game average what the difference was free throws and he did underhand free throws and shot 86% and was unstoppable. But it wasn't sexy. It wasn't cool. And, you know, it wasn't all this other stuff. And yeah, yeah, it yeah. fell apart. And it's the same thing. It's fundamentals. It's not the sexy stuff. It's but then you get, you get the fundamentals down. You pop some geofencing in there. And yeah. if, if it's the right thing. And if, Yeah, ex- exactly. Get the fundamentals down first. You know, think about your your website, think about your messaging, think about those things that's going to entice that person. And then, you know, you can start testing, you know, geofencing and Facebook and Google and all these other areas, you know, but, you know, don't just put up a landing page and then, you know, I'm going to start, you know, it's like, or, or let's say you're a seasoned business and you've been around for a while and you're really not putting the, the thought process into those high conversion you know, type of activities that's going to translate into leads and ultimately sales for your business. Yep. Yeah. And, you know, and that's why I love having agency on good agency owners, great agency owners like yourself on because you're, A, you're doing it, but B, it shows that you don't, because there's a lot of people, I was just talking to a client today and like, 
well, I found this person, this person, this person will do it for this cheap amount. And I'm like, yeah, well, it's A, you're gonna get cheap. B, it's probably not the right thing for you. And you need to yeah. find people like yourself that'll say no, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, like, you know, we honestly, we struggle with that here at Propellant Media. We'll have folks that will say, oh, you know, this, this brand down the street can do geofencing for $500. And I'm like, and their CPMs are cheaper. So we're going to go with them. And I'm like, you should go with them then. You should go with them 100%. Because we are not, you know, we're not a cheap brand, but we're also not an expensive brand. I can tell you we have the best team that can op operate at a high level. We have six or seven different DSPs that we can tap into for geofencing, which a lot of other folks won't have access to. And so you, 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 pay, for, you, you pay for what you get, mm -hmm. is what I tell folks. And I can't tell you how many times I run into that mantra every single day, let alone every single week throughout my life. You pay for what you get. And there are certain cases where you can get some discounts. I'll, I'll say that. Yeah. Uh, for the most part, that bell curve or that curve that you, whatever you want to call it, like that, that scatter plot around that, that, that typically holds true. Mm -hmm. um, and so that's sort of the, the way that we approach. I mean, we want to work with a lot of companies, but there are certain times when, you know, cheap is cheap is not always better. Nope. Well, and, and if you spend $500 or $5,000 and you get no results, or you spend $100,000 and get $200,000 results, which was more expensive, right? Right. right. That's so true. So true. So and, true. So and, true. and I want people to think through it, but you know, before we go, I, you know, and you know, people can follow you on LinkedIn and, uh, and we'll put links in the show notes and propellant media. Uh, you guys are based out of Atlanta, but you work with people all around the country, correct? That is correct. We work with folks around the country, also in Canada. Um, we have two offices, one here in Atlanta and also in Charlotte, North Carolina as well. Yeah. You know, we're, you know, we, you know, we, we do a lot of stuff. We do stuff beyond just, I mean, we lead with geofencing, but we're an omnichannel a marketing tech firm. Um, so, you know, we sort of have our, our own trade desk if you want to look at it that way. Awesome. Awesome. So you, you can all get, uh, follow Justin, check them out, give them a call. But before we go, I want to ask you, what's the craziest geofencing campaign that you've done that you were so that you were surprised it worked or surprised by the results? Oh, that's a tough one. Um, hmm. One that I wasn't expecting. Okay, so we have a trucking client that um, that is looking to recruit. You know, uh, not just like we have one campaign for them that's just targeting uh, women because they really want to get women to be truck drivers uh, for their brand. But then they also have another campaign that's targeting sort of the masses. And I was like, oh, I just don't know if this is going to work. Um, I think we were geofencing like specific truck stops, trucking locations, you know, it's that whole, you know, targeting the world type of thing. Um, and so we had to make those fences really, really tight. We had to really focus on places where we knew like that person who's driving their truck stops there they take a break and then they keep going, but then they continue to see the client's ads. And I think what we noticed was that you can't just simply, you know, say, Hey, come check out this other trucking, you know, as we were talking about creative and landing page, you know, you have to have things that's going to entice that person to think about you. Right. And so, you know, I was, I was, I was listening to, um, 
obviously we both know um, uh, uh, Jason Swank, his, his, his agency group. And, you know, there was a guy who was talking about storytelling um, um, with one of the, I forget his name, but he's talking about storytelling. You're trying to move someone from the unconscious to the conscious, to the call to action, right? From the mm-hmm. unconscious, like, I don't know what I don't know. I don't know that I'd need this, but then trying to move that person to, you know what? I think I actually might need this. And then once they realize that they do need it, moving them to I actually am ready to act. And so what we noticed was that there are a lot of people who are truck drivers. They just want to make more money. They want to have more flexibility with their life, with their family, and they want to make more money in this way. It was like, okay, well, we need to make it clear on all the things that you get. Don't put the guesswork out there. Don't make people Mm -hmm. guess what they're going to get. Like you're going to make this amount of money. These are your benefits. This is your vacation time. This is, da, da, da. This is all the things you get. Put that also in the ad copy, put that in your video content, make it clear. And then, you know, and I, I wasn't certain if it was going to be effective, but it actually started moving the needle and they've been utilizing that same creative, you know, throughout the, um, you know, for, for a lot of the other work that they do as well. Um, so I wasn't quite sure that was going to be effective because a lot of times in the recruitment space, geofencing can be hit or miss depending on the industry. But that's one where, I mean, we've been working with that client for a well over a year now. And so that's been a case where um, it's, been, it's been pretty good. That's cool. That's awesome. Yeah. I love it. And it just, like you said, it comes back to your fundamentals, but you layer on then this great stuff. And, and especially go to someone like yourself that, geofencing isn't your only thing. So you're, you're looking at everything that's going on. You understand the whole landscape. You can give people advice so that you, you're you not like, oh, I have a hammer. Here's a nail, right? Exactly, exactly, exactly. So true. It's, it's just everything. And I think if people take more of a measured approach to their brand, to their messaging, to the different digital channels that they want to hone in on, just look at it as more of an omni-channel you know, perspective, I think folks will have a lot more success. And, you know, for, for us at Propellant Media, that's how we've had success. We don't, we don't just focus. I mean, we do a lot of our own digital advertising. We do our own SEO. We show up a lot. I promise you, if you geo, if you Google geofence, geofencing, geofencing marketing, I promise you, we're going to show up at the top every nice. single time. And, and everyone needs to do the same thing and think about their brand the same way. It's not just one channel, it's multiple channels. It's your landing page, it's your message, it's your brand, it's your value prop. Look at it as a business and then you'll have more success for sure. Awesome. Well, Justin Croxon, thank you so much for being on the show. Yeah, this is fun, man. I appreciate it, brother. It was great. My pleasure, my pleasure. And thank you for like sharing all this fantastic information. Once again, go check out Propellant Media. I mean, you can just Google geofencing, you'll find Justin. Uh, follow him on LinkedIn. And, it, you know, if you're looking to really grow car dealership, or healthcare practice, big healthcare practice, or thinking about geofencing, give them a call. They'll, they'll talk to you about it. And obviously they're not just going to sell it to you if you don't need it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's, that's the truth. We definitely won't just sell it to you. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you. And thank you all for taking Justin and I on your journey. This has been Ian Garlic and the Garlic Marketing Show. Ian, thanks, man. Video, you know, it'll make you an authority you know it will get you more leads, better leads that close faster and spend more with you. And video stories will help you be remembered and connect with those perfect clients. The problem is, where do you start? Storycruise.com is the place to go. It's like a film crew with an S. What's your strategy? Do you do it yourself? Do you hire a videographer, an agency? Do you need an editor? How do you know if they really know your business and how to make videos for business that work? 
The answer to all of this and more can be found at storycruise.com. It is the place to find the latest video marketing strategies, the best gear for your business, as well as videographers, editors, and agencies near you that are trained in video storytelling for business. Go to storycruise.com slash garlic to get special insider info for listeners of the Garlic Marketing Show, including special access to several of my courses, including my case story course. Go to storycruise.com slash garlic to get a whole bunch of special offers just for listeners of the Garlic Marketing Show. Whether you're looking for a videographer or to do it yourself, go to storycruise.com slash garlic to get started today. That's it for the Garlic Marketing Show. If you want to get the inside scoop and the latest techniques, make sure to follow Ian Garlic on Facebook. Facebook. 